Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of the OT Sports Podcast with your host, Otis Mason. First off, just want to give a congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs on pulling off their epic win against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. Uh-oh, what am I doing? Not this year. You'll never catch me saying that. But we're going to get it started. Just want to say thank you to all the listeners for listening. And as always, let's go. All right, we're going to kick things off with the College Football National Championship. As I said in the intro, congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs on pulling off their win against the Alabama Crimson Tide. For a minute, I thought it was going to be a game of field goals. Because that first half, it seemed like every time they either got to the red zone or was close to getting to the red zone, it ended with a field goal. Because I think the first half, it was 9-6. But that's just good defensive play on both sides for Alabama and for Georgia. Both defenses, they came to play. But when they came down to this second half, that's when Georgia decided, all right, look, we're not finna let this be a repeat of them beating us. We finna go out here and we finna get this chip. And they did just that. The defense held up in the red zone, even in the second half, besides that one touchdown that they gave away to the tight end. To me, it was a push off by the tight end, but it is the college football championship. So, of course, the refs, they gonna let them play ball. And they did just that. It's either get big or go home. Another key thing that I think hurt Alabama as well was them losing. Jamison Williams, their top receiver, they killed them right there because he been balling all year long. And then if it comes to the championship, he get hurt. And I think they said it was torn ACL. That was key. That was key for Alabama to lose him. The tight end, Cameron Latou, he had 102 yards. He also had a key 61-yard catch and run that helped them get to this side of the field to be able to score their touchdown. Bryce Young, he had 369 yards with one touchdown and two interceptions. But them two interceptions, ooh. Man, those two interceptions was very crucial to their game because they pretty much sealed it, especially their second one. That was game Georgia after that. Besides that, Bryce Young, he really played a, a pretty good game. On the other side of the field for Georgia, Bennett, he came up clutch. Especially he wasn't just having like a Bryce Young type of game, but he managed it pretty good after that fumble. And we got to talk about that fumble because that was the most wildest fumble recovery I think anybody have ever seen. I'm sure we probably all was thinking that it was a incomplete pass. But for him to be right there where the ball was and to catch it right before going out of bounds, that's wild. I don't care how many times he tried to do that again. He would never be able to get that foot that close to their white line without stepping on it. I mean, that was so crazy, especially watching it live. Like, yeah, he had a bounce. And then they slowed it down on the replay. And, I mean, it was like breathing on that white line. Then you could tell from the way that he grabbed it. I don't even think he thought that it was a fumble. They pretty much set up Alabama in good field position to go on a 
touchdown drive. Another thing we got to mention, it was some key pass interference and roughing the pass of college that really helped swing this game because those two on Alabama in that second half, man, that killed them. That got Georgia on the other side of the field with ease. And they capitalized on that one where it was a 40-yard touchdown. And that touchdown put Georgia back up again. And now the momentum is back in Georgia's hands. And from that point on, Georgia just took over the game. Their defense showed why they was one of the top defenses all year long. Especially with that pick six by Ringo. It was game over after that. He took it to the house when nobody catching him. Couldn't be touched. Couldn't be caught. It was game over after that. Much respect to Alabama for getting to the chip again. I mean, it's every year Alabama is dominant. I personally don't think that we would ever see another college team that's dominant like Alabama, especially for them to be doing it for so many years and have so many championships. I'm finally giving them their respect. I always had just a little to be the hate for Alabama, but you can't do nothing but respect them. As long as Nick Saban is there, me personally, I believe that they'll always be dominant. The dominance they have shown over these years has been is unmatched. I mean, you, you don't see it nowhere else. Never thought I would say this, but Rhodes, nah, uh-uh. What am I doing? Y'all almost got me again. But you know me, it's Go Buckeyes. But good game, Alabama. Y'all tried, but you couldn't pull it off this year. But good game. I'm sure we'll see y'all in many more. All right, we're going to stay on football, but we're going to move over to the NFL. I'm going to give my wild card predictions. I'm trying to go 6-0, and and we're going to see if it's going to happen. First game, we got the Raiders versus the Bengals. I'm just coming out together with it. I'm going with the Bengals. Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Right now, the way that they playing, it's going to be hard for their Raiders defense to stop them. Derrick Carr and the Raiders, they've been pulling off wins at the right time, especially to beat the Chargers to get into the playoffs. Now, I wasn't expecting it. I thought the Chargers would be able to pull that one off, but Derrick Carr got the kick in the spot and game kicker. I just don't think that they would have enough to beat the Bengals. The Bengals beat them early in the year, so I expect them to make it two dubs on the Raiders. Next, we have the New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. Y'all should already know I'm pick, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. New England Patriots. Patriots are going to take this one. You're giving Bill Belichick two games of film on the Bills, and you think he's going to go in to this game and let y'all beat him? No. I know it's at Buffalo, but no. Bill Belichick, he going to come well prepared for this game. He going to have a talk with their defense. He going to have a talk with their offense and tell him, look, we're not going out like we did their last game. We in the playoffs now. We got to make this count. As they always say, do your job. Now, we do have a couple injuries on the defense, but I still expect that defense to come out and play. Now, I said they're going to win. That's fine. Okay, nobody say. Not saying that they can't beat us, but they're not going to beat us. Pass nation all day. Let's go. 
Next, we have the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Trust me, Brady will never forget the Philly special. He has been in his little ingredient book, picking up him some spices. He got him some bell peppers. He got him some onions. He went over to the cheese section. He stopped at the bread section, picked up him some sesame seed buns because he getting ready to cook the Eagles like a Philly cheese steak. Brady not losing at home to the Eagles. No, sir. He still won't revenge against the Eagles. Every time he play the Eagles, he think Philly special, Philly special. And what he going to do this game is cook them, cook them, cook them. I expect him to at least throw about three touchdowns, and I'm going to say probably like 300, 325 yards. It's going to be easy work for the GOAT. All right, moving on, we have the San Francisco 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, wee, this is a slick, tough one. Do I trust Jimmy G to pull off a win against the Cowboys defense? On the other side, do I trust Dak in the Cowboys offense to get a win? Dak might just pull off a good one at home. I don't trust them enough to be 100% sold on them winning, but I go with the Cowboys because they at home and their defense is legit. Next, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I gave Ben his flowers last week, but this week, the Chiefs about to grab all them flowers I gave and throw them in the trash. Chiefs about to give him an L this week. A for Big Ben to go out like this, but they pulled a bad card this week for them to have to play the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs at home at Arrowhead Stadium. No, the Steelers, they not going to pull that one off. Chief offense really not firing like how they used to be, but no, they at home. I still expect them to pull this win off. Shout out to my brother-in-law and his Steelers, but I'm sorry. Y'all probably not going to make it past that first round. But hey, that door always open for the Patriots, so you come on over and join Pass Nation. (laughs) Then we got the last game, the first ever Monday Night Football playoff game. It's the Cardinals versus the Rams. It's a tough one, tough one, tough one. But I'm going to go with the Rams. I was slick thinking about the Cardinals, but ooh, they they at L.A. Ah, hmm. Do I want to stick? I'm, I'm going to stick with the Rams. I just think um, the Cardinals, they don't have no firepower with their receivers to beat the Rams. I know they won and won, but I think the Rams going to pull this one off. Stafford, he is known for blowing games. But you know what? After I thought about it, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. Kyle Murray, he might can get it going, but that Rams D line. Ooh wee. Miller, Donna, Linda Floyd. <sighs> no, nah, I can't pick nobody. It's gonna be a draw. Man, but uh I'm gonna go with the Rams. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Rams this final. I'm gonna go with the Rams because if I keep thinking about it, I'm gonna switch back to the Cardinals. But I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm just going to say the Rams going to win and the Cardinals going to win. So that'll save me if I'm down to 5-0. and I won't get this last one wrong. Smart. Smart. (laughs) 
That'll be it for all the football talk. We're going to move on over to the NBA, and we're going to talk about that guy, Clay Thompson. He's back. Clay's back. It's been two years since Clay has touched the court, and he's back again with his brother, Stephen Curry. Splash Brothers are back again. To me, you got to put Clay up there with Stephen Curry, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen as one of the top shooters of all time. And I was putting this together. I was thinking, I was like, imagine if he took the same long-range shots that Stephen Curry take. That would be very deadly. He's already deadly. And he will pull up from deep, but if he was taking those same shots as Curry take, oh, God, them folks would be, mm-mm. Unstoppable. They already unstoppable, but they'll really be. If he pulling up from 35, 40, oh, my. Yeah, Clay Thompson, he's one of those total package players that every NBA team wants. Mid-range, automatic. Three-pointer, money. Catch and shoot, cash. Off the pick, cha-ching, cha-ching. Nothing you'll be able to do with Clay Thompson when he's feeling it. When he's hot, you can just go ahead and just give it up. With those two injuries that he had, I'm just hoping them legs still can hold up and he come back and play in defense like he normally play. Because Clay, he did have them clamps. He was locking down a whole bunch of people. So we can't forget about that. He was Mr. Clamps. But we'll see as the season go on if them legs going to hold up or not. The crazy thing about it is the Warriors, they already had the best record before Klay Thompson came back. So now with them coming back, oh, boy, they're going to have that best record at the end of the season. I'm, I'm calling it. They're going to have that best record. Now, I'm not just going to expect Klay to just come in like he hadn't been off for two years and just dominate like crazy. But he did score 17 points in 20 minutes that first game he came back. Plus, he dunked on a couple of Cavaliers players, and he gave them the stink face afterwards. Like, let's go. I'm back. What you going to do about it? Boy, oh boy, once he get back in the groove of things, deadly, deadly, deadly is what the Warriors is going to be. Now, bar injuries, the Warriors will be that team to reckon with come playoff time. Again, welcome back, Clay. Glad to see you back again on that court. Go play some ball. Speaking on players coming back, Kyrie Irving is back. Kyrie! Kyrie! <laughs> Them videos still funny to this day. A lot is meant to be said due to uh, the controversy with Kyrie and the vaccine and part-time, full-time. Some people agree with it. Some people don't. We all have our right to voice our opinions on it. I'm not the biggest fan of him not taking the vaccine, especially with how hard he's hitting the league right now. But at the end of the day, he got his rights. And I still have respect for him and his game. Still have to remember, Kyrie is a walking bucket. There's a whole bunch of anchors out there that's afraid of him. Ask Brandon Knight Ankles, if you don't believe me.
if Kyrie becomes a full-time player, first, I never thought I would ever hear of a part-time player, especially a superstar at that. But if he becomes a full-time player with the Nets, the Nets, they got to run the East. It's, they, it's automatic. They already running through the East, but they really going to run through the East. I know the Bucks went toe with them last year in the playoffs, but Kyrie, KD, James Harden, no, it's, it's, that's going to be easy work. Then imagine you automatically getting at least 70 points every game with James, KD, and Kyrie. Even if they 20 apiece, they're 60. And then you got to think the way Kevin Durant playing right now, he gonna, he give you an automatic 30. What other team can you get that from right now? And then that's just 70 points from those three players, not including Patty Mills. When he hot and then your bench. Imagine if they all hot. There's no telling how much they'll put up. To me, it's almost cheat code with all three of them being on the same team. A part of me don't want to see them win, but part of me wants to see them go out and just torture everybody. This is just the time we in now when it comes to the NBA where superstars team up. Make you think, like, who next? Who the next group of players that's going to team up together. But if they never win a chip, that's going to look so bad for them. But if they do win one, what can you say about it? I know some people are going to put an asterisk next to it, but it's not easy to win a championship. I'm sorry. I don't care how many players you got on your team. It's not easy to win a championship at all. At the end of the day, they still have to go out there and compete against some of the greatest basketball players. So to complete that task, I have to give them their respect. Because, like I said, winning a chip is not easy at all. This will be my final topic for the day, and this is the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are hot right now, boy. Right now, the Grizzlies, they, they the hottest team in the league right now. I'm sorry, these 10-game win streak that they on right now. They have beat some solid teams in that 10-game win streak. John Morant and the Grizzlies, they playing some real ball. They playing some ball right now. They are 20-4 um, out of their last 24 games. Plus, they currently on their 10-game winning streak I just mentioned, which include wins over the Nets, the Suns, and the Lakers twice. And Golden State. And I'm sad about those two losses by the Lakers, but it's all right. John Moran, he on the road right now. He putting up some major numbers right now. MVP? Eh? Uh, hey, if he keep playing how he is, you're going to have to put him on up there in that race. And all those wins against those teams, they've been making it look pretty easy. Besides that one game against the Suns, that Ja had that beautiful game went on. It's like they was rolling before Ja came back, and now that he's back, they really are like on a hot streak right now. They looking real tough to beat right now. Ever since Ja came back from that injury, he's been a force on the court. He put me in the mind of like a young Russell Westbrook, them OKC days when he used to attack that basket and would try to dunk on whoever. Because Ja, he do the same thing. He got 
them hops. He he got them bunnies. When they say bunnies, they you tell me how to drop rent because he be trying to put everybody on the post. Then in the offseason, he worked on his three-point game. Yeah, he getting straight double-team action now. Desmond Bain, he looking really good as well. He been balling on this win streak too. He had 29 against the Nets, and he had 32 against the Suns. Plus, he averaging like 17 points a game right now. Yeah, Desmond Bain, he been complimenting Ja real good this season. Dylan Brooks, he out. Everybody else is coming together, so it's making up for their loss not having him. The Grizzlies are looking really, really good. They're looking like a real contender right now. Western Conference Finals? Hey, it's a possibility. Go Grizz. One last thing. Psst. Being Simmons still on the 76ers. And this concludes another episode of the OT Sports Podcast. Giving you a fan's point of view on the things pertaining to the NFL, the NBA, and other sports. Just want to thank you for listening again. To my new listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's much appreciated. I need everybody to go follow me on Instagram at IamOTSports. Again, that's IamOTSports for all updates. Keep your ears open. And get ready for another episode coming soon. Like this episode, give me five stars, and tell the world about the OT Sports Podcast. Have a great day. Be blessed. Signing out. Gone.